0: Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions.
1: Hello and welcome to the program Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Kiefer Blakeslee, back in action in the new year of 2019. Today, we're going to be talking about the reign of the Superman. Stan and Ollie, Arctic, and also the new M. Night Shyamalan film, Glass. To kick off the show, we're going to be talking to the wonderful Callista about the new DC animated film, Reign of the Superman. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. So, DC is known for its blockbuster films. It just came out with Aquaman, which I thoroughly enjoy. But what I feel like is underrated are their animated original films. And they have a really good lineup of animated films they've done. Justice League Dooms, uh, of Killing Joke, many different animated films they've done throughout the past. And now we have a new one called The Reign of Superman. So, A Reign of the Superman. So, Calista, overall, what did you think about this film?
2: I really enjoyed it. I There are so many aspects I love about it. The fact that it's a DC movie already gives an immediate plus for me. But the fact that it's animated kind of, adds to it because i'm a huge animation nerd and also it's actually good so
1: certainly so uh this one is a continuation of the last uh, dc film um the death of superman so uh is it like a sequel is it continuing on that story um how does it work
3: uh yes it is a sequel
2: and it does pick up like uh, it picks up like a few weeks after the death of superman i believe Mm -hmm. uh also, I'd say this is important. I would say this is pretty important uh, for those of you out there who haven't seen Death of Superman. Spoiler warning: Superman dies.
1: No, really. So you suggest that people go see that film before they see Reign of the Superman?
2: Um, I'd say you can gather like pretty easily what happened in Death of Superman. So I wouldn't say you necessarily need to see it, but I mean. I'd say Death of Superman is a pretty good movie, too, so I just recommend it.
1: All right, great. Um, so this film has not only wonderful, beautiful animation, which we'll talk about soon, but also has a great cast. I mean, we got Zaria Donson, you got, Duns, you got Cameron, Cameron Monahan, you got um, Rain Wilson. So many great stars are voicing iconic characters. So um, what did you think about the voice cast?
2: Um... I really liked uh, the actors for Lois Lane and Superman. Uh, Jerry O'Connell, who voices Superman, and Rebecca Romaine, who voices Lois Lane. They both did really good jobs, and I really liked their performances.
1: Certainly. And I, again, I'm like you, I'm a huge animation nut as well. And I, again, a lot of animated an, animation voice actors are so underrated that it's such an underrated class of actors because they're. Takes a lot of training of what to what they do. It's not just an iconic voice. There's a lot of acting and a lot of techniques used, and so it's it's good to get a nice, talented group of actors to play these roles in voice acting. So, um, speaking of the animation, uh, tell us a little about it, since, of course, anima- um, DC has a strong reputation for its wonderful and very artistic animation. I did like the animation,
2: although I feel like. This is kind of a weird way to say it, but I felt like the animation was kind of basic, because like, it looks like a normal city, and like the colors are normal, and all the characters look as realistic as you can get with animation.
3: Sure. Although,
2: I did, I wouldn't say this is a bad thing, as the animation is still good, and it has a lot of clear effort put into it. Also, I feel like they were trying to sort of emulate the DC Comics art style, like they were trying to make it look like it was a moving comic book, which I can really appreciate because I thought that was really cool.
1: Definitely. And yeah, uh, uh, season three of um, Young Justice just came out for all you DC nerds. We've been waiting for like, well, I was waiting in freshman year of high school, which was four years ago for that season to come out. And it finally came out this year, which is worth the wait. But with those kind of, that kind of animation style, yes. Um, it is very much like a moving comic, and it's great. They, they're very faithful to its original source material. You listen to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley. This show is sponsored by Cat in the Hat Season 3, Volume 1. We're going to continue our conversation with Calista about the reign of the Superman. Also, we talk about Stan and Ollie, Arctic, Glass, and now we're back with Calista. So, Calista, um, we were just talking about the animation. Uh, what do you feel like, I, I'm, since you. Uh, I get together, you're a DC fan as well. Uh, what do you feel like makes DC a special a film company? Because we always talk about Marvel, and, and even though I'm a huge Marvel fan as well, DC with the animated films, they're, they're still underrated. Like, and they're still putting out some pretty good content. So what do you think about DC in the, in the large game of Hollywood?
2: I feel like the DC live-action films... Because they're, like, really, like, big. Like, you see them all over the place. They're very mainstream. But I never see anything for the DC animated films. And there's been, like, 10 years worth of animated films at this point. there Like, there's 10 years worth of animated films. A lot of them, like, from the ones I've seen are really good. There's a bunch of different... There's a bunch of different ones out there. And yet, no one ever seems to talk about them, which is kind of disappointing because... I don't know, I really, I honestly prefer the animated films to the live-action ones, but I can't help but feel like it might have to do with something about, like, because animation is still, like, not that mainstream in the terms of that there's a bunch of different, like, types of animation, and especially considering that they're still doing 2D animation in 2019, I can't help but feel like that might be slightly killing it. Not that I want them to stop, though, like, I, like... These movies are pretty much my only living source of 2D animation. Yeah. Uh, like t- 2D animated movies specifically, because I have only seen like three shows, like three TV shows that are 3D. So, yeah, I, I love these uh, movies for continuing to do 2D animation.
1: Here, here, I'm totally with you. No, yeah. I also feel like it, it comes to a point that a lot of these films are direct to DVD and they don't get theater time.
2: Yeah, like, none of them get, like, any time to actually be shown off in theater. And I'm sure if they were shown off in theater, they'd do pretty well, which is, I don't know, I don't understand why they're not shown off in theater. Maybe, um, the only thing I can think of is that maybe, like, DC doesn't want to kind of have, like, their two, like, movie franchises compete against each other for more spotlight. That's the (laughs) only thing I can think of. And I guess that makes sense, but, like, in the grand scheme of themes... In the grand scheme of things, with the way the live-action DC movies have been getting received, and the mostly positive reception that the animated ones are getting, you know, I feel like there's kind of a connection here.
1: Certainly, no, yeah, and I get. I look forward. I look forward to the DC animated films because they are underrated, and they are again, like you said, the closest in two D animation, which I still is a beautiful art form, and it's. Just because a lot of animation companies are turning to CG, sorry, 3D animation doesn't mean that 2D animation is not as good. It's still a beautiful, absolutely amazing technique of animation that still should be used, even though it's not as profitable as 3D animation. But I'm glad that Reign of Superman continues that legacy of great animated films as well. Is there anything in this film that you felt like was maybe lacked in some areas? Did you feel that, way?
2: Not that I can think of, other than the Justice League characters didn't... Like, the other Justice League characters, like Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Green Lantern, like, they didn't appear that much in the film. Like, they're there in the beginning, and I don't want to spoil exactly what happens, because, you know, I'm all against spoilers. But basically, they're taken out of the movie for, like, a huge portion of it, and then they show up again at the end. A part of me kind of feels like they should have had more screen time, because... There's actually a really. With Wonder Woman and Lois Lane. That I actually really enjoyed. Because it like. It feels like such like a strange. Like combination. Having a scene with. Lois Lane and Wonder Woman. Where they kind of hang out. But it's actually like. It might be one of the best scenes in the film. I really liked it. So I kind of felt like. They should have more of a chance to interact. Because. This isn't a bad thing. But most of this film. Follows in Lois Lane. Which. Yeah. May seem. Like a bad thing to DC comic fans who know, like, what who know who... But I'm going to be honest, she actually is legitimately useful in this film. Surprise, surprise, I know. But I feel like, uh I mean, it, it wasn't a bad idea to have Lois Lane be sort of the central star, but I felt like the way they kind of forced the Justice League out was pretty cheap.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that's understandable, and of course, sometimes they think, maybe we can give this character some more screen time, but sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, so... Good to hear that. Well, thank you so much, Calista, for talking about The Reign of the Superman. It's been a pleasure.
2: Of course. Thank you for having me.
1: It's always great to talk about comic book films, especially one such as underrated as the animated DC universe. They may not be doing the best in the blockbuster live action, but they're still doing quite well in the animated world, so I can't wait for the next animated DC film. With that said, this film is out on DVD, digital, and Blu-ray now, so please... I know DVDs aren't dead. Streaming services are still, a lot, still are still going strong. But get a DVD, it's like getting a new, it's like getting a book. It's just the getting, this taking off a DVD off the shelf. There's something satisfying about that. So get it on DVD now on Amazon, Best Buy, wherever you kids get them. With that said, let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Cat and the Hat Season Three, Volume One. Find out what makes the most successful people tick.
4: Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
0: To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. For teens, by teens, and about teens. Tune into the uncensored and unedited discussions with young adults on Express Yourself. Every Sunday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Smart, tenacious teen hosts and reporters from around the country speak up and speak out. Express Yourself. Visit the website for the show to find out more at expressyourselfteenradio.com. And check out the show on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Sunday.
5: The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio.
0: Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh! Turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up.
6: Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Orris from Los Angeles, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We just talked about the brand new animated film Reign of the Superman. And now we're going to go back into the live action world of cinema. And we're going to be talking about Stan and Ollie with Zoe, who is from Miami and is 10 years old. So, Zoe, for viewers who've never heard of this film or don't know the story, can you just talk a little bit about what Stan and Ollie is?
7: Um, It's basically about two comedians who, at the beginning of the film, they're at like the peak of their career, but then later on, they, they stop for a little while and then the, it quickly moves to 1953, where they try to reconnect with their friends again and regain fame. And lots of people don't go to their shows anymore because they thought that they retired. but soon after a while, they just they continue on and they find out that they love comedy and yeah.
6: Now, this sounds like one of those good old retribution stories, right? Kind of like coming back from the bottom, coming all the way to the top. Now, something I really liked about this is that it took, it took place way in the past, like you said, in the 1950s. So what did you think of the era? Do you think they were able to bring the viewer back to the 1950s pretty well?
7: Yeah, I think that the costumes really ma- um kind of made a difference. But what I really noticed is how different – the humor was in the thirties and fifties than it is today because like it what the, the jokes that they showed in the film aren't jokes that you would normally see in real life. Like now the comedy is a lot more different now. And that's actually something that I found really interesting and that I liked about this film.
6: Yeah, that is something really unique, and also something that I kind of found interesting is that it showed a lot of the history, too, because if, for people who don't know, 1930s and 50s, film was still a pretty new thing. I mean, maybe the 1950s was a little well-established, but in the 1930s, it was still a very new thing that was just becoming a huge success that we know today. Did they kind of show the beginning of film at all in the film? Kind of like the early cameras, the early cinemas, the black and white silent films that they that used to exist
7: oh yeah sorry um yeah I do think that they showed a little bit of that maybe they could have put a little bit more like effort to really for you to believe that you're like in the 1930s or 50s but I I I thought I found it pretty believable I liked it
6: and what do you think kind of gave it away that it was made in 2019 or 2018 technically
7: Maybe just the colors or the style of... It seems like if you look at old films, you can definitely see a big difference because, like, the coloration, and they didn't really have that much technology back there or anything. But, like, now we have a lot more things to, like... Just a lot more technology to work on films. But I feel... I mean, I think that they did pretty good on that. It's just maybe they could have put a little bit more effort to make it seem like 1930 or 1950.
6: Well, that seems very reasonable. It did look very modern when I watched the trailer and a few clips from the film. So I think I kind of understand what you're getting at. And of course, part of the film is that it's a comedy. So let's talk about that a little bit. What did you think about the comedy? I know you kind of talked about how it was a little bit older style from the 1950s and 30s, but overall, did you find the film funny?
7: I did actually like the joke, surprisingly. And I also liked how they use a the slapstick type of comedy. And um, when the first, like when I was first watching the first joke, I didn't really understand it. But like as I was watching it, it kind of engaged me, and I understand. And it, I found it kind of funny myself. Which actually, like I didn't think I would really find any of the jokes funny because we are talking about the nineteen thirties and nineteen fifties. But the humor in general, I actually really enjoyed the jokes.
6: You know, that's kind of the beautiful thing about slapstick humor because when you're making jokes about politics or about life or about culture, that does age. You're not going to be able to say the same joke in the 1930s and 50s, but somebody hitting somebody else is going to be funny no matter what time in history you show it to. So I'm really glad they did focus on that so it really is timeless and we can still enjoy it so many years later. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Right now we are talking about the brand new film Stan and Ollie with Zoe. And we're just talking about the comedy of the film. And now I want to flip the sides and talk about the drama because the story is, you know, and it does have some drama, it does have some challenges. The characters still go to conflict. So how do you think they mix the drama and comedy in the film?
7: I think that the way they incorporated it was very nicely. I feel like it wasn't just that they wanted to add drama, I did feel like it had a purpose in the film, and that it wasn't just kind of there for no reason. And I'm happy that they kind of did that, so it wasn't all just like they went on tour and they made jokes and that's it. I like that they added something in there, but I didn't think it was just like there. I kind of felt like they inc- that they included the the drama in a nice tour to boy.
6: Well, that's very good and I'm glad they are able to mix it and make it realistic and speaking of realistic I believe this is based off a true story correct me if I'm wrong so did you feel inspired at all or did you think there's any moral or message from the story that you're able to get out of it
7: yes I did I was pretty inspired I did think that like the main message was that even if you have a friend and then you get in a fight with them, or if you disagree with someone, you can always find a way to go around that, or you just you don't have to keep a grudge all the time.
6: You know, it's very true because a lot of times in life we let friends go and kind of friends drift apart, but if you make a good friend, you can have that person in your life for the rest of your life or for decades and decades long. So I'm glad they're able to give that message. I think it is very important. Now, let's talk a little bit critical about the film. Did you think that there is anything they could have improved on?
7: Probably. I mean, mm-hmm. Let me think, because I didn't see too many, like, things that really bothered me in this film. I kind of felt like, at the beginning, they showed that the timeline was in 1937, and then it quickly, like, moves to 1953. Um, But I kind of, I know the story is mainly revolved around, like, the end of their career, because they want to kind of go to the Great Britain tour that they're having at one point. But maybe they could have just included a little bit more of, like, the timeline in 1930, um, yeah, 1937. But other than that, maybe just, I don't know, there wasn't really much that bothered me in this film at all.
6: No, I can understand your point, though, because a lot of films do that. They don't really introduce what's going on before the conflict. They just want to jump into the conflict and get into the action, which, you know, it's good. They want to get to the exciting part. But we got to establish what the characters are fighting for, what they had. So I do agree, though, that definitely they should focus on that quite a bit. But overall, how many stars would you give this film? Um, I, would give
7: this film I think I'd give this film a 5 out of 5 stars because while I was watching... I was trying to find reasons like maybe that it could have improved and stuff. But other than or maybe a 5.5, I mean, a 4.5 or no, I think it's just a five because there, there really isn't anything wrong with the film or that bothered me at all. It was just incredible.
6: That's very good to hear. And it does seem like an incredible film. And something that I do note about biographies, especially biographies that take place in the past, it's sometimes harder to watch for younger children. So what age range would you give this film?
7: Maybe an eight to eighteen, but also adults could watch it because my mom was watching it with me and she also laughed a couple of times and I think that she really enjoyed it. And I also like about this film that we usually just see superhero films, but this is different and it kind of brings you back in time. So I feel like it's something different and everyone would really want to watch it. But I yeah, eight to eighteen and then adults um, also.
6: You know, I really agree with you. I think that period pieces that take place in the past, I just really love them and I cannot get enough of them. And I'm glad that they made another one. And Zoe, thank you so much for talking to me about Stan and Ollie.
7: It was a pleasure.
6: Of course. So for our viewers, if you'd like to see Stan and Ollie, it's in theaters now, so definitely check it out. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Ors from Los Angeles, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. This week's show is sponsored by Cat in the Hat Season 3, Volume 1.
4: Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel
0: Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice america live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up.
1: Hello, and welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Blake Blakeslee, and this show is sponsored by Cat in the Hat, Season 3, Volume 1. We have here a very really special guest with us. We have here a first-time radio show guest here. We have here Ivy from Georgia. She is 13 years old, and she is a new Kids First film critic. Welcome to the show, Ivy. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm well, very happy to have you here, and I look forward to more radio show conversations. But today, we're going to be talking about the film Arctic, a new survival film that's sweeping film festivals across the, around the world. It was actually at the Cannes Film Festival, and a lot of great reviews. So um, first of all, let's talk about your initial reaction to this movie. Uh, what did you think about it? This
8: was a very intense drama film, and it had me on the edge of my seat the whole time. I was like... Oh, like, it really shocked me because there wasn't many words in the film. It was a lot of emotion and physical activity and just the way that he used natural resources in his environment to, to help him was just, like, really amazing and awesome.
1: Now, people are calling it one of the best survival year, survival films in a while. And here's the thing. I love movies about survival. I'm a huge fan of Castaway. I don't know if you've seen that film, Castaway. I uh, no, I've never seen that film before. <laughs> well, I uh, put on your list of films to see because that's another film that just talks—that's with Tom Hanks. That's literally him. He doesn't talk to anybody except for a volleyball. That's a oh, yeah,
8: oh! I actually I have to see, um, but I have seen that. That's
1: a hilarious film. Hilarious and also very hardcore as well because it's another survival film. But this film takes place like, in the Arctic, the cold, the the below freezing cold. So uh, um, we have a uh, our main actor here who's basically takes control of the whole entire film. Uh, how would you feel about the main actor in this movie? The main
8: actor, like, I wouldn't have picked any pers- other person to play this role better. His name was Mad Melkissen. I don't know if I pronounced it right, but he's a Danish actor from Ostrebro and he played it, like, awesome. Like, I thought he did a great job in this role, and he showed so much, like, emotion, and, like, everything he did... You just really felt it.
1: Certainly. no, yeah, Mads has been in a, a lot of things, especially one of my favorite shows on Hannibal. Um, very good show, but uh, and also, especially it takes a very capable actor to really have the whole film on your shoulders because it's just him and the camera. So um, now this film, since it is a survival film you also have to take place of the nature aspect of it, and there are some beautiful and also very intimidating shots of the Arctic. So what did you think about the cinematography in this film?
8: Oh, my God, it was awesome. It takes place in the cold icy mountains of Iceland, and um, there's just snow everywhere, and it is freezing cold. So you just have to imagine he's battling Mother Nature while also having to... You know, get his food, live in shelter. And then let's talk about one of the scenes that really scared me and had me, like, really intense. It was uh, a bear scene. A bear was coming at him. <laughs> and, like, it's just crazy because there is wildlife in here. And it's cold, like, frostbite, you know, all these things that can happen to you because it's so cold. It's not natural weather. And this also affects your shelter and how you're going
1: to eat. It's just really hard. Definitely. And also, I think the worst part of this whole thing, well, not worst being the bad, the film is bad, but the setup, because it's not giving anything away, but like, the film like, starts out with him getting res- rescued, but then he's been waiting to get rescued this long time, and yet his rescue plan fails. So it's that feeling of just like complete utter hopelessness, which brings me to my next question. What does the film teach us in the end?
8: Well, I really feel like the moral of this film was either use or do things wisely, like use your resources wisely, you know, like don't use all of them, because if he would have used all of his resources, he would have died very soon, you know, in the film. And I feel like that a lot of people waste things. And he just shows you like using Mother Nature to his advantage and how he was just able to use all of it i mean it was just really crazy because i've never would have thought of the ways that he came up with things like i never would have thought of that and it kind of taught me how to survive
1: <laughs> I, that's what i love about these survival films because it is currently pouring down rain outside and i'm in the comfort of my warm apartment with a nice cup of tea and currently some ni- a nice dinner in the oven and it's it's times like this when you have to realize that you know, I'm very lucky because I could be out in nature right now having to fend for myself back in the days of our ancient ancestors. And that's what's great about these survival films. They kind of make you realize that we got it good. Enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> if you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Kiva Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Cat in the Hat, Season 3, Volume 1. We're we'll also going to be talking about the films Glass and Light Shameless new film. Right now we're going to continue our talk with our new Kids First Film Critic, Ivy on the film The Arctic. So, um, Ivy, what would you say is your favorite scene in this whole film? My favorite scene in the
8: whole film, I guess, would have to be, um, there was this one part of the film where he was um, ticking. There was a lady, she was in the plane crash. So he was like, oh, my God, I'm going to get rescued. Oh, my gosh. And then the plane crashes. And there's one survivor in the plane, but she's, like, on her deathbed. And he's having, like, that's the only human that th- there is to talk to, but he's not really talking to her because she can't talk back. And um, my favorite part of the film is when he is trying to take her with him, and it's making way more of a struggle for him and making so everything much harder and longer. And he's having to walk in the snow for miles and miles and hours, and also while toting his stuff, her stuff, and her and there's this one part where he's going up a, a mountain, right? And let's say it takes an hour to get up that mountain, or he could take the three-hour way to go around the mountain. So he gets up the mountain, and he, it takes him a minute. And then he has to pull her up the mountain, which doesn't go so well in his, in his choice. But um, he kept – so he was pulling her on a rope, pulling her, and pulling her, and then she fall. And then he'd pull her again, and it just scared me so much because I was like, oh, my God, is she going to fall? What's gonna happen? It was just really
1: crazy. Sounds like an intense scene, let alone the whole film. If it's all, if it's like this, so if you had to describe this film in three words, what would they be?
8: The three words I would describe this film in is um, crazy, intense, and emotional. Those are the three yes. words I would use.
1: Now, this film of survival, especially with a capable actor such as Matt. what would you say is the age recommendation for this film? Because I understand that especially with these survival films, they can be they can get pretty intense.
8: Yeah. Um, I give this uh, 15 to 18 years of age, or even older, like adults, because I am 13. I mean, I had a great time watching this film, but I am a little bit more mature than others. And there was minimum talking in this film, and it did have a little bit adult, moderate language in a couple parts. But um, yeah, there was just not a lot of talking, and I feel like maybe it might make younger viewers a little bit bored. Mm-hmm. But the film um, it had a lot of action, so that might have might kept keep their attention. But I, my mom was also here with me watching the film, and uh, she loved it, and it actually made me cry and her cry. So it was. It was really good.
1: Definitely, and this film was directed by Joe Pena, who is a, a Brazilian YouTube star on television, and this is his directorial debut. Um, what did you think about his direction style, and, and are you looking forward to like more films made by him?
8: Yeah, um, I don't think I've ever watched any films by Joe um, Pena. Well, but it's it was film, yeah. Yeah, um, it was also written by Ryan Morris as well. But I, I don't think I've ever watched any of his films. But so far, so good. I actually loved it. And I'm just really impressed and shocked. It was just great.
1: So I'm guessing you, how many stars should you give this film?
8: I give this film a four out of five stars because of the fact I just wish there was a little bit more talking. It might have kept my attention a little bit longer.
1: Alrighty then. Well, thank you so much, Ivy, for talking about the film The Arctic. And welcome to Kids First.
8: No, thank you for having me. It was my pleasure.
1: This film is out in theaters February 1st, so please go check it out and so you can be able to watch it and sit at the edge of your seat. With that said, I'm your host, Keeper Blakeslee. This show is sponsored by Cat & Hat, Season 3, Volume 1.
4: Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed.
0: Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers.
5: The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events at voiceamerica.com voice america is where you are and where you want to be join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available don't forget to view all our live events including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events
0: build your better business achieve that goal make good on that resolution The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Channel. Shh! Turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up.
6: Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Orris from Los Angeles, and you've been listening to Kids First Come Attractions. We've been reviewing a lot of great new films so far, and we're going to be finishing off with another incredible film that is coming out soon called Glass, and it is directed by the one and only M Night Shyamalan. So we're going to start off by talking to Jordan and Nancy. Jordan is from New York and is 12 years old, and Nancy's from Los Angeles and also 12 years old. So let's start off with you, Jordan. What did you think about this film?
4: Um, I thought this film was very good. Um, I think it was very interesting because it wasn't like standard superhero movies, and it was kind of like a nice change.
6: Yeah, I've noticed a lot of people are comparing it to uh, superhero movies, kind of comic books, and a lot of people are saying it's very, very different. So, uh, Nancy, let's talk to you. Can you kind of talk about how it stands out and how itself it's unique?
3: Uh, well, the way that Glass stands out is because it's not just, like, action and drama inside the film. It also makes you laugh, and it gives you many different emotions, and it's not ordinary superheroes. It's, like, it's comic book characters, which not a lot of people pay attention to.
6: Yeah, absolutely, and, I mean, this seems like a really exciting and thrilling film. So, uh, Jordan, can you kind of talk about the drama and the excitement and how this film keeps you on the edge of your seat?
4: Well, the film, it's a comic book thriller, and it's about um, a man named David Dunn, who has supernatural abilities, and he fights crime, and so he tracks down this man named Kevin Wendelkrum, who has 24 different personalities and a superhuman alter ego, and so they're all captured and brought to this mental institution, where they encounter another character, Mr. Glass, and the doctor there tells them that she has three days to convince them that super are not real and that they're not superheroes. And so one important thing to note is that this movie is a sequel to um, the director's two other films, Unbreakable and Split.
6: Yes, I was actually about to talk about that. So Unbreakable and Split, this, kind, this one kind of unites all three of them. And uh, now, uh, Nancy, do you think that people need to see Unbreakable and Split to be able to understand what's happening? Or do you think Last can stand by itself perfectly?
3: Um... I guess you don't really have to watch, watch it, but to understand the meanings of each character, I do recommend watching it because you can understand the more and understand the movie.
6: Okay, that sounds like a very fair point. How about you, Jordan? Do you agree?
4: Um, I found the plot a little confusing at some points, but you, you're able to determine like the characters without seeing the other two movies, but I think if you want to get to know the characters more personally and their backstories, I think you should watch the other two movies.
6: Okay, that's definitely very fair. It does seem like it would be enjoyable to watch all three of them. And yeah, it definitely gives you the most of the story. So, Nancy, I want to talk about acting a little bit because we have quite a few people. I mean, we have some notable names like Bruce Willis, who plays David Dunn, Samuel L. Jackson, who plays Mr. Glass. We have uh, Spencer Tree Clark, who plays uh, Joseph Dunn, and many more people. So, can you just tell us what you thought about the acting?
3: I felt that the acting was honestly really good in fitting into the different genres that they were putting in. And I don't really think that they could have chose anyone that played the parts better because these actors are amazing people that really went for the part and really gave us a a movie that was very believable.
6: Well, that sounds wonderful. And yeah, based off the trailers and the clips, their acting is just phenomenal and really intense and really connects to the characters, it seems. And uh, Nancy, I just want to talk about M. Night Shyamalan, the director. What did you think of his performance as director and how he was able to bring the stories together and really tell in such a unique way?
3: Well, I thought the way that he brought those three movies and put it together was amazing because he was able to fit each meaning of the separate two movies into that one movie. So I think it was amazing, especially the different shots that he was able to get. It was just so outstanding and unique that it was different from any other movie that you'll probably watch about superheroes.
6: Yeah, you know, it really does look very unique. And of course, with unique films, they have very unique scenes. So let's talk about individual scenes. And Nancy, what would you say is your favorite scene?
3: I would say my favorite scene would be... Um, the ending when a film that was filmed by Mr. Glass gets shared to the world, when everybody starts seeing that they were not just monsters or people that think they're superheroes, that they were people that actually could do something and share a message to people.
6: That sounds like a really beautiful, really beautiful message. And I'm glad that they were able to put that in the film. And very quickly, uh, Jordan, what do you think? What do you think your favorite scene is?
4: I think my favorite scene was when the three main characters were sitting with the doctor and so she was asking them to like recall these certain events in their lives that make them feel like they were superheroes and she was basically trying to justify that everything they were saying had a logical explanation to it to convince them that they weren't superheroes and I just thought it was really interesting because us as viewers we of course know that they're superheroes so I think the perspective change was really interesting.
6: I agree. It definitely is. You're listening to Kiss First Coming Attractions today. And right now we're talking about the brand new film Glass. And we're talking with Jordan and Nancy. Right now we're discussing your favorite scenes. And now we shall talk about the film as a whole. And let's start with you, Jordan. How many stars would you give this film and why?
4: Um I give this film a 3 out of 5 stars and I think it was a really unique take on this whole superhero story but I think at times the plot was a little confusing and there could at times there was a lot going on but I also thought that some of the roles of the characters were a little unbalanced like for example some characters had more scenes and more dialogue than others so I think if they just balanced that out more the movie would be perfect
6: yeah, you know, it is very hard to get an even balance when you have three main characters, as they do in this film, kind of finding a beautiful middle ground between all three of them. And I'm sad to hear they weren't accomplished that perfectly. How about you, Nancy? How many stars do you give this film and why?
3: I would give this film a four out of five stars. And I also agree with you guys because the plot at times was kind of confusing. And it, yeah, it's because there are two different characters that are joining into one movie. But I'm pretty sure that it could have been panned out a much more easier and more understanding for the audience but other than that it was a great film that was different from any other movie about superheroes
6: it is definitely a challenge with very complicated stories like these especially when you're trying to do so much in one film that the plot does become confusing and sadly with confusing plots it usually means that the film isn't exactly perfect for younger children so nancy uh, what age range would you give this film and why
3: I would give this um, a 12 to 18, including adults. Well, because 12-year-olds like me, you kind of understand it more because you're more into like old things, but when younger kids watch it, they'll be so confused because they're so used to Superman and Batman that they won't really get these characters.
6: They definitely do have a lot more depth than just the standard Marvel and DC superheroes who are just fighting action and saving the day. And Jordan, how about you? What age range do you give this film and why?
4: Um, I'd say maybe 11 to 18 in adults as well, just because the plot was a little confusing and these characters, I think they, again, had a lot more depth because this movie, it was like a modern day take on superheroes and there was like a really metaphorical meaning behind the film that even me, it took me a while to really understand what the meaning was behind it. So I think for older children and adults as well, it will be easier for them to understand and enjoy the film.
6: You know, I kind of want to talk about the meaning of the film, because it does seem like the meaning is very deep and very subjective, so I'm just kind of curious. Jordan, to you, what, what was the meaning you got out of the film and the story?
4: Well, the film was basically showcasing this idea that there's more than just good and bad and villains and heroes, and that society has this certain standard on superheroes, and that the world is kind of pre- prevented from discovering the truth about them, so...
6: Well, that's actually a really deep message that I think expands a lot more further than just the story of this film to real life as well. And Nancy, what did you think the message of the film was?
3: I'm going to add on to Jordan because um, it is true that a lot of us, those three people were able to bring out the, the people inside of them and to show them that you are more than just this and they show people that... You can't just be one person, you can be more than that person, and you're more than what you actually think you could be.
6: Wow, well, I'm really glad that they were able to bring so much depth into characters, because superhero films, I love them, I really do, but they generally don't have this much depth and moral into them, so that's really interesting to see. And I am curious, would you say that there's a lot of visual effects in this film, uh, Jordan? Jordan?
4: um there were not a lot of visual effects actually it was really um like live it was live action there weren't a lot of like um visual effects it was kind of just a lot of action so
6: and would you say that that you could have you would have improved anything with the film there's anything they could have improved on that you haven't mentioned
4: um I think I already mentioned that um just the plot and maybe rearranging some of the scenes. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to give any spoilers, but I think the ending could have been a little different, in my opinion. And you'll have to see the movie to understand why I'm saying this, but I think you'll know once you guys go watch it.
6: And uh, Nancy, how about you? Do you think anything could have been improved in the film?
3: Uh, like we said earlier, just the plot, because it was very confusing in the ways that they put um, the messages. But if it was put in more easily and not so hard to understand it, that would have been much more
6: better. Well, that seems very fair. Well, Jordan, thank you so much for talking to us about glass. Thank you. And thank you as well, Nancy, for talking to us about glass. Of course. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. Uh, now, for our viewers, if you'd like to check it out, definitely check it out. I mean, this seems like a really interesting film and it does have a lot of meaning and a lot of depth, and I will definitely be checking in, checking the film out. And also, thanks so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions to watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps go to kidsfirst.org. And also, if you'd like to join our Kids First Film Critics team, go to kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, kidsworlds.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media, for Voice America for Voice America, and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by Cat in the Hat, Season 3, Volume 1. I'm Jerry Orse. Thanks for listening.